Welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Swelch. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Joey Pauzola. And I don't know if you guys probably guess where I'm going with this or not, but right now I've got pulled up on my screen uh, a little friendly stick from Nyko Sports. It's N-I-K-C-O. And it's just, it's just gorgeous, dude. I can't stop looking at it. I don't know. You guys are probably saying, oh, yeah, whatever. Keep talking about it every day. Dude, I can't stop. It's gorgeous. You got to check it out. It's commemorative. $99. That's says it? $99. What a deal. What wow. a steal. They're they're honestly, at that point, they're pretty much paying you to take it off the shelves. Yeah. But, yeah, it's got all-star game on one side. Um, Blue Stanley Cup scores against the Boston Bruins on the other side. They're only making 2,020 of them. They're selling like hotcakes. Um, get them while they last. Guys, you don't want to miss this opportunity. I'm telling you right now. I already put my order in. Um, but yeah, check them out. Um, you can call, order them at the number. That's 1 800 345 2868. Again, that's 1-800-345-2868. You can also order them online at nicosports.com. That's N-I-K-C-O, sports.com. Or you can check them out in Chesterfield. If you're, if you're around there, um, stop in, say hey, and mention the Locked On Podcast because we appreciate you guys listening. So, uh, Without further ado, I think we're going to hop into it today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Battle of Alberta and how it Lived up to the hype. Um, Matthew Kachuk answered the call. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about um, Mikola and Huso getting new contracts. Uh, just a little bit of blues news for you. And then we're going to finish it off with, well, we're going to talk about Thomas Hurdle getting hurt too. Um, hate to see such a star player like that for them go down. And then we're going to preview, we're going to preview Edmonton and the Winnipeg games coming up this weekend. Awesome. Should be a good time. Fully packed show. I'm, I'm so uh, Battle of Alberta is back, baby. Long Better than ever. I, I think I saw a tweet that was like, uh, oh, who tweeted? I think it was Pete Blackburn was like, Ron from uh, wherever is like screaming at the TV right now, thanking the Lord that the Battle of Alberta back and he just woke up his kid or something. Like, <laughs> it's just exciting. It's oh, just yeah. exciting. It's exciting hockey. Uh, all around. Love to see those rivalries like we were talking about yesterday, Josh, with the WWE. I mean, it's a huge selling point. People are going to watch those games regardless of the score, regardless of where the teams are at in the playoff race. Like, that's just just good entertainment at that point. Absolutely. I mean... Yeah, I think that's something we've been missing for a while. Like we talked about a good, genuine rivalry, you know, a bloody battle it out, stop it nothing rivalry. And, and uh, I feel like the, the league was, was kind of missing that for a while. And then especially with the Battle of Alberta, so so iconic, so historic. Uh, you got guys like Kachuk and, and Cashian being able to reignite that a little bit. And we definitely saw it last night. There was a bit of a playoff atmosphere out there for sure. Everybody was was giving it giving it 110%. Amazing back and forth game. You know, the fight happened. It was awesome. And then the ending was full. Of two emotion. fights happened. Two, Yeah, yeah, two fights happened. I can't remember the last time we saw a game that had two, no. two fights in it. No. It's been and a minute. Yeah, and then the ending was was you know in walk off fashion. A lot of emotion there. Amazing celebration with the bat flip. Oh, best, best, goal, best, uh, best game in a long time, man. That that yeah. was 
like the hype that was surrounding that game leading up to it. They they had like the NHL player of safety, George Peros. He used to be a fighter in the NHL. Mm-hmm. He was in attendance. Like they knew things were going to get rowdy. And they lived up to the hype, in my opinion. But uh, 4-3 shootout went from Calgary at the end of the day. All There were so many highlights in this game. Everything from McDavid splitting defensemen and going on multiple breakaways. Uh, Kachuk getting in the fight house we, we touched on. Uh, how about McDavid playing 27 minutes in the game? And then, uh, obviously, the uh, the Riddich, or I guess uh, rewind for a sec. We had the suspense in that building when Kachuk had the game on his stick in the shootout. Mm. And then he obviously missed it. And then Drysaddle comes down and Riddich saves it and just stares down Drysaddle, throws the stick. The flying poke That, I mean, that was amazing. But you know what stood out to me more than anything in this game? The fact that I could not find Johnny Goodrill on that ice one time all game. There's something up there in Calgary, and I think that that man might be moved in the offseason. Maybe even for a big shakeup splash of the deadline if they feel that the right move is there. I don't know. He only played 18 minutes in the entire game, and that's including overtime. And a guy like that you'd think plays about half the overtime with his skill set and speed. But there, it, there really seems to be something there for Johnny Gaudreau and the Flames. It's something that's not adding up. But all in all, it was a great, great game. I, I, I need to see a playoff series. Oh, my God. Absolutely. A playoff series between Edmonton and Calgary? I, I, I oh, can't man. imagine. And the, and the best part is, you know, not the moon, not the best part, but it, one big part of that is, if that's whether that's in the first round or the second round, the team that the team that comes out of that series is is going to be pretty pretty beaten down, bruised and battered for whoever whoever plays them next. So it, it's one of those one of those matchups that I think I think has the potential to to Trigger, stay to stay lit line. for a long time. Yeah, but also play out in the playoffs as well with this new yeah. format might finally actually lead to something good. Yeah. Sounds good. I mean, it's just solid stuff all around. It smells like it smells like uh, Joey sniffing out a tray down there. <laughs> hey, possibly, man. It, it was something <laughs> weird about that vibe. I was expecting to see him out there in key situations, and it's just like it's it's not his team anymore. It, like, he used to be the star of this team, and it, it's almost like Kachuk and, and Backlund and Monahan's of the world have all took over. And, I mean, they just leapfrogged him, like all three of them. It was just, I don't know. I, I expected more. Especially yeah. whenever you look across like the ice. I know it's Connor McDavid, but, I mean, their best player is getting 27 minutes of ice time. You know what I mean? So you, you look back on Calgary's side, and, and Goudreau's only getting 18 minutes. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of a head-scratcher to me. Yeah, yeah. It stood it's out like they're, sure. they're incorporating, like, a new wave of – of a core, it, I guess. Right. I mean, and he's he's not and part if you of think it. Think about it. He he doesn't fit their their style. You know, they're uh, they're almost built in a way like the Blues in a way, but mm-hmm. they play that two way game, that the gritty game, and I don't know. I I think they could get some real value if they do move a guy like Johnny Gaudreau. But I do think something like that would come in the off season. Yeah, that would be that would be crazy to imagine. I, I don't even I don't even, I can't even begin to think about what what a trade like that would entail. For for a stub like him, yeah, I mean, I, they definitely bring in a hall of prospects. And uh, speaking of prospects, the Blues, <laughs> the Blues signed uh, a couple of theirs uh, today, I believe, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mikola and Billy Huso, uh, Huso's contract will pay him seven hundred fifty thousand per season, and Mikola's deal will get him seven hundred eighty-seven thousand five hundred per season, and they're both one way. Um, so what do you guys think of these deals? 
one thing sticks out to me, but go ahead, Josh. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, just to kind of give my, my brief reaction, sort of the, the broad scope of things, it, it just reinforces, I guess, the, the Blues' confidence and their depth. You know, you see a guy like uh, Mikola who – who you know was had always had his name tossed around in the prospect pool in terms of like will he play won't he play that sort of thing for a couple of years now and then he comes up for a few games and really proves his worth and and shows that he can he can play in the NHL when needed and and then he goes back down and right away signs a contract extension I don't think that's a coincidence that he right a, immediately after proving his value in the NHL that he signs a signs a contract extension and it, it just it, the the very broad uh, initial reaction I think is. There's just solid young depth guys that the Blues can rely on if need if need be, whether it be injuries or just holes in the roster for for whatever reason. And uh, I'm reading this right here. It says two years actually, so two years for both of them right. on the one way deal. But actually, what stands out to me is the one way aspect of this, which means for those that don't know, if they're on a two way deal, they can get sent down to the minors without going through waivers. But on a one way deal. They have to go through the whole waiver system for all every team in the NHL, and then they go to the AHL. Right. So generally speaking, if they're on a one-way deal, you're thinking of them as like an NHL or type of a player, right? right. So what, what sticks out to me is that Billy Huso got himself a one-way contract. Uh, he started off the year absolutely on a tear, and then he had some injury struggles, which he's he, he's had in his career, short career so far with the Blues. Yes. Right. But uh, – what what sticks out to me is if he's getting a one way contract, does that tell you that the Blues think he could potentially be ready for a backup role? And could that potentially mean they could shed that Jake Allen contract? Maybe at the deadline, maybe in the summertime, for a guy like Alex Petrangelo that they're gonna need to resign in the offseason. So uh I don't know. You, you got to start looking at things like this down the road. It's it's starting to be that time of the year where there's moves like this that you don't think about, but in the long run, there's a huge domino effect toward them. Yeah, it's possible for sure that they that they move some pieces around. Um, I think just for me, looking at the surface, uh, a guy like Billy Huso, who we've talked about, has struggled with injuries, uh, kind of struggled at times with his play as well. It's nice to see them like not giving up on him so early. Cause, I mean, he's what, 24 years old? Jordan Bennington, 26 right now. I think he was 25 when he made his debut. I was about so to make like, that comparison. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm not saying Billy Huso is the next Jordan Bennington. Let's get out of get that out of the way right now. But, like, goalies just take longer to progress, right? So you can't just, like, have a guy be in the system for three, four years and then be like, oh, well, he's not panning out. Because I don't know how long Bennington was in the system, but I, I'm pretty sure it was longer than that. And he... Uh, uh, I mean, he had spent some time with Providence. They wanted to send him to the ECHL. He said no, like all that stuff. So, yeah, uh, um, yeah, it's just there's a lot of stock in these prospects, and it's easy to be like, see a guy come up one, one time, he has one bad game, be like, oh, bust, like get rid of him, trade him for anything that you can. Like, you gotta give these guys time to progress and um, per- perfect their craft. Yeah, and well. and. Huso, for being 24 years old, he has some he has some games under his belt. A lot of people forget that he played the Finnish Elite League before coming over to the AHL. Yeah, I mean in his last in his last season there, he played against Patrick Laine in the championship game of the in the championship series of that playoffs. So, I mean he's he's more than ready. I've been I've been high on him for those that have been following me for years. I've been actually 
dead wrong on him being better than Bennington in, in years past statements, and I'll eat the crow on that gladly. But uh, everyone Nico else Mikola, is in the same boat as you there. So I get the vibe that Nico Mikola can pretty much change his name to J Bo Meester 2.0. Also, <laughs> uh, six five on like Dude, six five six four defenseman. I've watched him every year he's been here in prospect camp, every single summer, and he continues to get better and better and better. His speed is phenomenal. His size is phenomenal. His length. Th- this guy is basically penciled in to literally re- replace Jay Bowmeister when he, he's time to hang it up. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's it's definitely really reassuring uh, as, you know, from uh, from our perspective, being able to watch – uh, Mikola come up just out of out of nowhere, kind of a name that wasn't really too too much on everyone's radar. He, he can come up and and fill in a position where we've had we definitely have doubts in terms of our prospect depth. I think we have some strong forward depth in terms of our prospect pool, but defense has always been a bit of a question mark for us lately. And seeing a guy like him step up and fill in the that hole and play really well in in the the time that he did spend in with St. Louis, uh, and and knowing that if a guy like Bowman should retire. Or, or if injuries happen or whatever it may be that our defensive prospect up, we got some young guys down there who can who can step up and, and play NHL quality defense, whether it be on the you know, the last pairing or top four minutes. They've they've shown that they have the ability to to step up when needed, which is really reassuring from a long term perspective. One For last sure. thing one one ahead. last thing going back on this domino effect here. I forgot to mention on the Nico McCullough part. I mentioned it on Huso, possibly replacing Allen and clearing up that four point three million to potentially sign Petrangelo. Let's go back to that McCola and Bowmeister comparison. Bowmeister's in his last year of his three point two five million dollar deal. Let's just look down the line like that domino effect per se and say he does replace Bowmeister. Well that three point two five and four point five million from Allen, that there's seven point five million right there off the books. Just I mean, you're gonna have to have these young guys fill these voids in order to resign Alex Petrangelo if if that's going to happen. But it's just some food for thought, but uh could be nothing. It could be something though, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I feel like I feel like uh Mikola like even coming up in the league and like progressing as well as he did playing that well. Um and it's not to say that like on my radar that he was like a lower end prospect by any means, but he wasn't one of like the flashy ones, like the first guy you think of, like when you think of like blues prospects, uh, but he came up and showed that he can play in the NHL. So even, even then it kind of puts into perspective, like maybe some of these blues defensemen, like that are in the ranks. Like you think of guys like Jake Wallman, you think of a guy like Tyler Tucker who had just had a couple of really good seasons putting together. Um, Scott Perunovich is coming along. So it's not like the Blues are lacking prospect depth. It's just uh, these guys have got to come up through the pipeline at some point. Um, guys like Bo Meester eventually will see their way out. I mean, at some point, he's got to retire. But, I mean, if he's the gym rat that we know him as, uh, if he can keep playing, we want him to. But like you were talking about, Joey, like the key to success and the key to a dynasty is having these big contrasts um, balanced with these young guys coming up and playing past their contract um but still only making like nine hundred thousand or right and below a million dollars right so it's promising to see that we do have those prospects in the pipeline and that they have the ability to come up plug and play whenever we need them 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like if you look at teams like like Pittsburgh, how they've had their continued success and and haven't really dropped off a cliff like a lot of other dynasties we've seen. Uh, they they have their core. They have their their Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and that's honestly they, those are the three names that have been the most prominent. But other than that, every position has been a bit of a turnstile. You know, they've filled in their forwards th- throughout. They've gotten rid of some big names like Phil Kessel. They got rid of Marc Andre Fleury, uh, but they've kept the core intact, and then the rest of the major pieces have been a lot of young guys on their entry-level deals or bridge deals or or they sign cheap contracts and then guys play above the expectation so it's really about that balance and and being able to have these young prospects that maybe aren't like household names but can come in and and play alongside some some studs that are part of your core and elevate their game and i think that's how nhl teams have, have been able to maintain success like like a Pittsburgh, so I, I think if St. Louis is following in their footsteps, it's it's very it's very uh, uh, nice to see from that perspective. All right, Joey, Joey, got anything else? I'm good. All right, okay. All right, so moving on, um, just briefly, let's touch on the fact that uh, Thomas Hurdle went down today. Uh, turns out he's got torn ACL and MCL, so he's going to miss the rest of the season. Uh, how do we feel about the Sharks team being able to uh, uh, pull a Blues and bounce back after after this injury and try and pick up their season Man, <laughs> in the shambles when, that it's in? When zero percent, yeah, no. When we talked about when we talked about their window being closed after the after the Blues beat them, I didn't think it was going to be this severe. I mean, they they certainly you know had their lucky bounces throughout the playoffs and and I guess you could look at this as the hockey gods kind of getting their revenge but it, man he, he, as much as I as much as I love to root against them for the, the playoff battles this is just tough to see the injuries and the in the the struggles that they've gone through it, it's it's it just you wouldn't wish that on any fan um, you know that being said, I think that they have some decent young pieces, and this can be kind of a transition year for them, and it gives them the excuse to tank for the rest of the year. But it's, well, the problem with that is they also okay. don't have a first round pick. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> so, let's not forget this. Kind of reminds me of the season before the Cup winning season when the Blues missed the playoffs in the last game of the year. It was it was filled with injuries. Everyone had them out. They somehow came on a little bit of a run to come back and make possibly make the playoffs. I don't see it going that far with this team, but I wouldn't can I wouldn't 100% close that door just yet. There's just too much talent there. The thing that is very scary though is that they have like under a million in cap space as of right now, and I think I'm looking at cap friendly right now. They got two guys coming off the books at two million, and then one at 3.27. So I mean that's just over five million in cap space. They're gonna have to make some major shakeups in the summertime. But they they need to start 100% and that and there are some names out there. I mean, they could go after a guy like Braden Holby or uh, someone like that. But man, it's it, don't count them out just yet next year. But that's I don't know. We'll see. That's yeah, that's, a, need, that's an interesting one. Goalie is a need for them for sure too. Holy crap! <laughs> Absolutely. How, how about that blue line though? Real quick though, you got Carlson at 29 years old. He's making 11.5 million for like the next seven years. You got Burns at 34 years old making eight million for like the next six years. You got Vlasic at 32 years old making seven million for the next seven years. <laughs> like, 
Man, they're they're gonna be struggling. Look at honestly, that's a that's a lot of money like right now. But like towards the end of those contracts, like those guys are gonna be on such good deals. I feel like hopefully we thought the same about Ryan's. That's true. though, you know, and then and then they get down to their their mid to upper thirties, like right now. And it's like, oh my God, why would they ever You'll start, start it, you know? Off. Yeah. <laughs> but sure I mean, Boston's thinking about that about Bacchus for sure. Yeah. Man, yeah. right. And oh, what what about that? Let's touch on that real quick. Any predictions on that one? What are we thinking? He's not reporting the AHL team. Yeah. So, so I guess they're going to terminate his contract at the end of this year. Uh, I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he retired. He's He's been so injury prone in Boston. It, it, I, I don't know if he if he has the ability to sign with another NHL team. And it's a sad way to see him go if that is the result. But I guess we'll see. I don't necessarily think he's done. But the the, the welcome has been won in Boston for sure. And I, I do yeah. think it's getting terminated. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if somehow, some way, <laughs> it wouldn't. I'm just gonna. I'm not saying I think it's gonna happen, but it would not shock me one bit. But uh, get some yeah. get some leadership okay. up in there. Uh, even if he knows his role as a two way player, so like a two way contract. I know he won't get sent to the AHL right away, but I mean, look at the Brower situation. If Brower, if let's reverse back to there. If if Backus was available at that time, who do they take, Backus or Brower? I would say Backus, right? Yeah, right. So, I mean, they've arguably done worse already, but, I mean, who knows? God forbid we see an O'Reilly go down for like a month or something next Jesus game, you know. Yeah. Anything can happen, man. Yeah. But, uh... I don't know. Hopefully, it's not we'll there see. for the uh, former captain. We'll see. Um, we'll see. So Friday night, Friday night we got Edmonton. Saturday night we got Winnipeg. Uh, you guys got any predictions for those games? What are we gonna see? Uh, good two, luck containing Connor McDavid. Two Ws. <laughs> two Ws. Back to yeah. back. Two Ws. I think they're they're big momentum games for the Blues. Kind of want to get things rolling again, and I think that they, they can come out and and play well against the McDavid-led Oilers. They always play well in games like that uh, against dominant centers like that. They always elevate their game to that next level and then carry that momentum into the next night, and then they get a successful back-to-back. Two wins. You heard it here first. Locking in my prediction. I'm uh, I'm expecting Jake Allen to have a big game. I'm going to guess Friday night against the Oilers. He has a big uh, – he has a very good track record against them. Uh, that's not confirmed as far as I know yet, but I, if I had to guess, I think they're going to go Allen then Bennington. But, uh, again, that's not confirmed at all. But uh, I think I think the Blues are going to have to almost play like a Battle of Alberta type of style against Edmonton. I mean, I think Calgary really controlled that pace of play besides the couple of flashes that McDavid has. Which you're, I mean, you can only do so much with that guy. I mean, you can't just k- k- take him completely out of the game. And Drysdale has some good chances, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it Friday night. Yeah, I would, I would say uh, my prediction would be that Friday night. Uh, we're talking about uh, locks of the week or whatever. I'll take I'll take that as a lock for a dub for sure. I feel like Edmonton's going to be gassed after the Calgary game, um, and on a back to back, I feel like the Blues are going to going to want to come out. Not the not that they like. I mean, obviously we won against Calgary, but I don't think they played um, played to the the standards that they set for themselves. So I think they're going to come out with a fire under them and play more like we saw um, against the Canucks and Edmonton being gas is not going to be able to handle it. So, yep. I, I would love to see something like that. I, I, and I'm with you. That's exactly what I'm expecting too. Uh, I think they're still kind of getting, getting back up to full speed 
And now that injuries are injuries are getting a little bit better again, we lost a few more guys, but getting Kyle Pareko back is is so key, and I think it'll allow them to maintain that uh, elite level of play that we saw earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, Saturday, Saturday night we got Winnipeg. Uh, so we, we go from the nice skill game against McDavid and Dryside to probably a, a bad blood type checking Slow game against, against Winnipeg. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, wouldn't be surprised at all to see some tempers flare in this one, but uh, Winnipeg, man, they're, they are almost falling off the edge here. They're three games above 500 at 25, 22, and four. Four-game losing streak in which they've let up seven goals, five goals, four goals, and four goals. Sheesh. So uh, – David Perron, James Schwartz. How about a Jordan Cairo moment? Maybe I don't know. Mm. Get get them sticks ready. It looks like we're gonna have some goals in that game. Robert Thomas, maybe. I feel. Oh, like I like been, that one. He's been I, quiet. I do like that one. He's been how about, too how about quiet. Alex Petrangelo. Let's we'll see if some Alex Petrangelo goes and we'll see him get that fifty million dollar cap hit. Probably eh? <laughs> the whole roster. <laughs> Everybody just lights them up. And also, uh, say Bennington does start Saturday night, whether he starts Friday or Saturday, I think he's going to get the start Saturday. Let's see him have a good start. I think Absolutely. he's let up. I th- it's not that he's been playing bad. It's just he's let up no. four goals in, like, what, four games in a row now? Nothing yeah, crazy. I mean, is, he's still one of the games and stuff, but let's see him sharpen up a bit. Right. Yep, I'm with you there. And uh, I think before we before we wrap things up, I got to mention one more time, just because I can't get over it, the amazing hockey stick our friends at Nyko Sports sent over. If you guys haven't seen it yet, it's a commemorative hockey stick, full size. One side, you got the All-Star Game, the date, the logo, all that all that stuff. And on that back side, you got the Stanley Cup, St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup champions. It's got every game, every result um, from, the, from the Cup final. And it's got Ryan O'Reilly's name commemorating him winning the Conn Smythe. It's just absolutely beautiful, commemorating both the Stanley Cup and the All-Star Game. And the best part is it's only $99, which is ridiculous for for uh, something like that. Uh, it's a limited edition. There's only 2,020 of them, so you got to buy quickly. And the best part is every time you do, they donate some of the proceeds to the Blues for Kids Foundation, which is awesome. If you're interested in purchasing one of these beautiful commemorative hockey sticks, you can call them at one 800 345 Six eight again. That's one eight hundred three four five two eight six eight. Or you can go online at nikosports.com. That's n i k c o sports.com. And if you do order, please mention the Locked On podcast. It means the world to us. And make sure you go check it out. It's absolutely gorgeous. They really are gorgeous, dude. And um, thankfully, we're obviously still getting the hang of doing these ads and stuff, but these bad boys sell themselves, so <laughs> we don't have to do much. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And uh, speaking of ads, let's go on to uh, Lockdown Blues podcast on Instagram. we got a free t-shirt giveaway if you go up over there. Uh, check us out, follow us, and uh, get them mailbag questions in for tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Tom, you want to bring us home? Yeah, I'm bringing him. Um, so thank you guys so much. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, like Joey was saying, get those mailbag questions in. We got the gauntlet coming up on Friday, um, so make sure to tune into that because obviously tensions are going to be running high. Oh, yeah. uh, a lot of high energy. <laughs> it should be. It should be a fun time. Maybe I can get my first dub in this season. Doubtful. <laughs> All right. Doubtful. Thank you guys so much um, from the bottom of my heart. We appreciate you guys. Uh, coming back all the time, listen to us talk nonsense. Um, We'll see you next time. Let's go Blues. Let's go Blues.